0: Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, Gather. My name is Hannah, and I am really grateful to be joining you in worship this week. Thank you for welcoming me into your community, into your homes, wherever you're joining in worship today. It's a joy to be with you. Um, I'm sure you all know the comic by now. Um, It's become a timeless favorite of mine Uh, amidst entering year three of a global pandemic and our collective struggle for racial justice in our country and the unprovoked invasion and war that Russia has brought upon the people of Ukraine. Um, Trans kids who are made in the image of God being made pawns in our culture war that has no winners, our planet crying out for creation care and my own family and friends life crises. Gosh, I'm pretty sure that this is the most shared comic among my friends as of late in our text, uh, group text threads. The comic came out in 2013, created by the artist named Casey Green. And there's this room, you can picture it. It's engulfed in flames and a dog smiling, sitting at a coffee table, lifting a mug to its lips. And the the bubble above him says, this is fine. I'm okay with the events that are currently unfolding. Things are going to be all right. As it's pretty clear that things are not fine at all. And you know, this is pretty much the response that I see here today in our scripture text. So we've dropped into Luke's telling of the ministry of Jesus. And here, Jesus is on the way with his core group of disciples. He's pulled aside three buds, Peter, James, and John, and taken them on a hike. And they've headed up this really high mountain for a time away in prayer. And Luke, as a writer, kind of pulls a mark here. Uh, Mark is usually the gospel that's apt to pulling no punches and cutting right to the chase real quick, kind of immediate movement in that gospel. But Luke does the same thing here. Like, all of a sudden, we're told that Jesus is transfigured in front of his three best buds. Like, this moment of transfiguration is really hard to explain. It's like nothing they've ever experienced before. It is physical. Jesus all of a sudden looks like he is dazzling and radiant, wearing the whitest clothes ever, like beyond bleaching, beyond, beyond what you could ever imagine a bleach to do. And Jesus is joined by two focal figures in the faith, Moses and Elijah. God handpicked Moses to be the person who would radiate God's vision of liberation. And Moses boldly led the people of God out of slavery and oppressive Egypt. And God handpicked Elijah to be a person who shined a light on the word of God. Elijah miraculously embodied the truth of who God is through signs and wonders that the people would then see God's presence in their midst. And then you've got Jesus here. God handpicked Jesus to be the person who is God with skin on. And Jesus chose Peter, James, and John, and the rest of the disciples to come close to him so they may learn what it means and feels like to live with God. So here they are, the three of them, Moses, Elijah, and Jesus, just chit-chatting it up. And with me, I hope you'll cue the most epic John Williams composition to match this otherworldly and honestly pretty frightening scene. And Peter says here, this is fine. I'm, I'm totally okay with the events that are currently unfolding. Hey, Jesus, let's just stay up here forever. We can build a home for you. Uh, We've got you. We'll build like three separate homes here for the three of y'all. We've got you. Let's be here forever. This is awesome. And what's really probably going on is that Peter is terrified. Christ is transfigured right in front of him, and he didn't know what to say. So he starts saying things that he really didn't mean, but didn't know what else to do or say. And this is the transfiguration. You know, today in the across the globe, the worldwide church is celebrating Transfiguration Sunday. So I did not grow up celebrating this high holy feast day, but I've learned about it. And now that I'm a Methodist pastor, uh, it is part of the Methodist tradition uh, to celebrate it. But it's a culmination of Jesus being revealed to us. So it starts on day 12 of Christmas on Epiphany, and now we've been slogging through the gray of January and February to today's great reveal, right? This epic culmination of us witnessing the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. And here today, reimagining what it might look like, feel like, sound like to witness Jesus transfigured as this fully human, fully divine self. Y'all, I so relate to Peter because what is happening here is that God is giving Peter and James and John a glimpse of the awesomeness of God. And when we're confronted by God in all of God's glory here in Jesus Christ, it is beyond what we can comprehend. See, God is trance. Our God is a God of becoming and becoming in a way that, that we don't know what to do with that. God and God self rejects our boxes, our expectations. God is beyond our words and our metaphors. And when we encounter this God, it it can feel scary. About eight years ago, my expectations, words, and metaphors for God fell apart here in Houston, and I was terrified. See, I grew up with a version of Christianity, and maybe you did too with me, where everything made sense. While God was almighty and all-powerful and awesome, God was also neat and tidy, god made sense and there was little space or invitation for critical thinking when it came to faith and i went to a christian school growing up and i learned to memorize and i was very good at it i learned to smash speed drills and you know there's a fantastic place and space for memorization there are industries in our world doctors folks who need to have the skill of memorizing data and knowing it. But for me, this carried over into my relationship with God, into my expectations of who Jesus Christ was and is today. So I learned to assimilate without question. I was taught to silence my own voice as a woman. And then I went to college And then I went to seminary at Duke Divinity School. And then I moved to Texas. And when I came here to Houston, Texas, all of a sudden, my education foundation as a human cracked and crumbled. And I found myself face-to-face with realities that didn't match up with my rote memory bank. And I was looking around trying to pick up the pieces of my life and make sense of God while trying to also make this new place my home and while learning to be a new pastor and in the ordination process and while attempting to find friends and family and new community and in the midst of my once neat and tidy now very messy internal life, Christ was being transfigured. And I was terrified. So one day I called up a colleague and mentor, a friend of mine. And I said, hey, you know, all the, the names that I've had for God, my understanding of Christ, they don't connect with me anymore. And it's not that I don't believe that God exists. Like, that's not the issue at all. But it's like my language for God has burned away. My friend was Quiet and gentle, and he prayed that as I was preparing to go on an upcoming trip to Kenya, that God would give me new words, new metaphors, new language. And a couple of weeks later, I was sitting in the back of a bus on safari when we came to this abrupt halt. It turns out we had come upon a mother elephant, and a raging mama at that. She was not happy that we were in her space, most particularly that we were encroaching on where her babies were. And silence came over the vehicle. I felt so tiny and also so big near this mama's fierce love. I felt swept up into it. And there in the back of the bus, God whispered to me, listen, Son, I'm a fiery mama. I'm a fiery mama who is tender. A fiery, tender mama who is fierce. A fiery, tender, fierce mama who will do anything to be with her children. Listen. I'm a God who is awesome. And also no need to make a home for me up on a mountain, Hannah. Now, if you get still and listen, you will hear and feel how I have come to make a home in you. Friends, this is the awesome wonder of the transfiguration. That's an all-powerful, almighty, God, beyond our words and metaphors, expectations, chose to come and make a home with you. As a local pastor here in Houston, you may know our pastor Ashley at Kindred Church 7 on Facebook this week, our God is a God of revealing their true self, even if the world doesn't know what to do about it. And it can feel frightening at first, when we realize that our language ultimately falls apart and burns away when we try to explain the wonder of God in Jesus Christ. But if we can settle in with that discomfort and look around and say hi to the fear and stick it out while being present with other people, We will hear God whisper, listen, listen, listen. And as we linger in this tenuous place of listening, which I invite you to do with me in this season of Lent that we're preparing to walk into, of being present to God right where we are in the mess of our lives, our angst, our questions, our loss and our loneliness, our wonderings and our exhaustion will be turned to awe, awe of who Jesus Christ is in all Christ's glory and an awe that God chose to come and accompany us to walk alongside here. Now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.